0: Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we buy, sell, or merge healthcare businesses and physical therapy practices. I'm Dave Kittle, and this is the Dave Kittle Show. In this episode, we are covering the three basic elements of valuation for physical therapy practices. This also can work for dental practices, healthcare practices healthcare businesses, but specifically for physical therapy practices. I'm Dave Kittle, owner of Concierge Pain Relief Home Physical Therapy in New York City, and the CEO of the Fieldmaker Group, we're currently speaking with practice owners about partnering or acquiring some or all their practice in the New York City area or New Jersey area as well. We're going to get into the three basic elements of valuation for physical therapy practices. Now, valuation, it's not 100% mathematical. Obviously, the finances and the financial performance is a huge part of it. There's a little bit of art. There's a little bit of subjectivity. We're going to get into that. Number one driver, what is the earnings, the the actual profit in your practice? What is the free cash flow? Also categorized as EBITDA, earnings before interest taxes, depreciation and amortization. Basically, what is the free cash flow of your practice after all of your rent, utilities, expenditures, all your other expenses, labor, obviously, all of your other taxes, things like that? after that what is the actual profit margin that is the big element in regards to how physical therapy practices are valued when you're trying to figure out what is your physical therapy practice worth number 2 the multiplier what is the multiplier that you might get on that ebitda number so the multiplier is based on the risk of your practice and every practice is different it could be one location it could be several locations It could be a couple small locations. It could be one large location. But the multiplier is based on risk. And why is that? Well, it's because the buyer, like us, we are buyers and we are focused on limiting risk. We want to de-risk the situation. And there's other factors we're going to get into next. But the multiplier of whatever you might get on your EBITDA number has to do with risk of your practice. So three... Number three, we're going to get into the risk categories. Now, these risk categories, we have four of them. There might be other ones, but these are the four main ones in the risk category for number three. First one is size, the size of your therapy practice, meaning the actual revenue size, not necessarily physical size, although that is part of it, but actually the reach that you have in your community, how many lives you impact, how many patients you impact, what is your reach and size and scale of your practice. The larger a physical therapy practice is, the higher multiple it'll get when they go to partner or they go to sell to a larger buyer. The smaller your practice, the lower multiple you're going to get. So larger practice, larger multiple, smaller practice, lower multiple. Next one is the profit risk. So profit risk, meaning have your profit margins been degrading over time, even before COVID, think the last five years, seven years, eight years? Or is the buyer, like buyers like us or other buyers, are they confident that they can increase your profit margins in the future? If they were to partner with you, merge your practice into their entity, acquire you outright, is the buyer confident that they can increase the profit margin of your practice in the future? And if so, that would be less risk for them. If they are seeing trends in profit margins, so over the past five years, seven years, eight years, are they trending profit margins. Were you at 18% profit margins in 2015? And then in 2018, 2019, were those profit margins decreasing? Were they getting closer to 12 or 10%? Were the profit margins decreasing even before COVID? Then now COVID happened. We're coming out of COVID. We're away from COVID. We're getting back to a true normal, or we are back to a true normal in, in many circumstances. How have your profit margins rebounded? Are they back to where they were in 2017, 18, 19? Or are they still smaller, but then the rest of your overhead is still at market rate or your overhead is still growing or expanding, but your profit margin is not expanding with that. With that, buyers like us, we're going to look at the profit risk. And if the profit risk is higher, then we're going to submit a lower offer, meaning a lower multiple on your EBITDA number. The next component is seller risk or owner risk. So you, the practice owner, are you looking to stay for the next one or two or three years to help with the transition? Or are you looking to get out right away? If you're looking to get out right away, that's going to scare buyers. They're going to wonder, why are you trying to get out so quickly? There's something wrong with the practice that we don't know about or that we don't know about yet. Or if we were to acquire you or merge or partner or buy your practice, Is half of your staff going to leave because they see you leave in one month or in three months after the close, they see you leave and then they're thinking, oh, maybe I should go get a job somewhere else. I should go, you know, this doesn't seem stable and team members get spooked. Buyers like us and same thing with regional buyers, national buyers, there is a certain level of owner risk and other things in regards to their tasks. How much is the business or the practice reliant on the owner? A lower multiple. Is the owner an absentee owner? Hire multiple. If those two owner, if those two owners have a in the same state and they're doing the same amount of revenue, they're both doing practice A is doing two million dollars in revenue. Let's say in New Jersey, practice A is doing two million dollars a year in revenue, practice B is doing two million dollars a year in revenue, and they both have one or two locations. And one practice is really relying on the owner, the owner is seeing 40 or 50 hours a week of patient care, and then other roles and responsibilities, they're spinning a lot of plates. They're doing a lot of roles and a lot of in the weeds of all the decision-making in the practice. And then practice B, let's say that the absentee owner, $2 million practice, and they're not treating any patients at all. Even though those two practices in the same state with the same fee schedule or the same approximate reimbursement per visit and the same potential referral partners or referral physicians, referral sources, practice B with the absentee owner is going to get a higher multiple or basically a higher, higher offers as opposed to practice A because practice A is going to need that owner to stay in there. There's a lot that's wrapped around that owner. So if that owner gets sick, if that owner gets hurt, if that owner gets really bored and wants to leave the practice, that would be significantly more risk to buyers like us or other buyers out there. Next one is referral mix or your referral base. What is your referral base? How many potential referring partners, different physicians, home health companies, different agencies that refer to you, different gyms, different referral sources, personal trainers, massage therapists, whoever that refers to you. It could be organizations. It could be sports teams. It could be athletic trainers at nearby high schools. How diverse is your base of patients? Where are they coming from? Some are coming from Google or Facebook and direct access and direct response marketing. And then others are coming from the traditional ways of physicians or physician assistants or podiatrists, whatever it might be, are your referrals concentrated, is your referral base, is it concentrated from just a few physicians? And if that were the case, the multiple would be potentially lower just because of that. I mean, obviously other factors, but you kind of cluster all these factors in, or does the practice have a wide, diverse referral base of let's say hundreds of different names on an Excel spreadsheet or however you might track this in your EMR, that practice will get a higher multiple if they have several hundred more referral sources, even if they're getting referrals from those sources, maybe only, I don't know, five or 10 or 20 different referrals per year. But if it's really spread out, then that de risks the situation for us and other buyers out there. Obviously, it would spook or scare buyers like us. If there was a physical therapy practice that had 10% of their annual revenue coming from one physician or even one physician group, like a group of 5 or 10 physicians, and it's all coming from this one group, and that accounts for 10% of your practice's revenue, that would scare buyers like us, and that'll scare other buyers, regional or national, because if if something changes, a small tweak in that practice... Like that practice, let's say all of a sudden, or that hospital or whatever it might be, all of a sudden they're told you can no longer refer to ABC physical therapy, or we want now we're gonna pop up a physician-owned practice for physical therapy, and now we want to keep those referrals in-house. And you that could be 10% of your annual revenue immediately just turned off. So ideally, no one refer should represent more than three or four or five percent of your overall business, three or four or five percent of your overall annual revenue, you'd want to lower that, or again, you expand your referral base and get more referrals and spread it out so you're not concentrated so much on one physician or one physician group, or that could be one, it could be one hospital, it could be one organization, however you're looking at it. But if that were something changes internally that is totally unrelated to how you operate, everything else is the same inside your practice, something could change externally, and boom, all of a sudden that could be a major switch in your referral flow, your new patient flow, and your ability to have your therapist continue to be productive and that capacity, right? So you take the earnings of your practice that we talked about above, you take your annual net earnings, the EBITDA number, and you're gonna multiply it by a multiple that's calculated from this risk analysis that we just went over. And that multiple for physical therapy outpatient physical therapy practices ranges from 2 to 7 typically around 3 or 4 in the million dollar revenue range or 2 or 3 million dollar revenue range and obviously the higher in revenue that you're producing per year then there's a somewhat of a sliding scale that kind of accelerates up that you know from 2 to 3 to 4 to 5 and, and it goes up from there but it really depends on the size the scale of your practice and some of the other things that I just mentioned in regards to Profit margin, profit margin trends, the owner, are they staying on? Are you going to stay on board with the practice for the next two or three years? Are you going to maybe retain 20 or 30% for the foreseeable future until the team member or the partners that bought you or partnered with you until they sell to the next bigger group above them that's a strategic, whatever it might be? So you take the earnings of the practice, you multiply it by the multiple, which depending on your size could be two or three or four. Or five or so, and that would equal or equate to value or the value of your practice of what it is worth. Again, this is a process that's kind of part art, part science. There's the mathematical financial component, and then there's also some of the other components to keep them in, in mind in regards to your location, parking, your practice, how refurbishments or not is everything old? You need new equipment. Do you need new technology? Are you using an EMR? Probably, but some aren't. So, and obviously the next step would be some of the disagreement that might occur when you go out to speak to potential buyers like us or other buyers out there and you're either represented by a broker advisor or you're doing that solo. You might have one number of what you believe it's worth. And then obviously buyers like us will do our own due diligence and we're going to do our own calculations and come up with a number. And sometimes there's some overlap where there's some common ground there. And sometimes things are, are way off. So basically, these are some of the key drivers. These are the key elements to valuation. And hopefully that helps you when you're speaking to broker advisors. They're going to help you with this anyway. I mean, we're not broker advisors. We are looking to partner and acquire practices. And then you can also use this when you do speak with potential partners or potential buyers like us. So if you find this interesting, go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube. Go ahead and check us out on iTunes and Spotify as well. And if you have a practice in the New York and New Jersey area, maybe Philly in the Northeast region, shoot me an email at dave at conciergepainrelief.com or you can reach out to me and connect with me on LinkedIn. We'll have a confidential private conversation and certainly sign an NDA, and non-disclosure agreement if we want to continue to talk about it further. But again, we're looking to partner with practices. We're looking to help them with their hiring, their recruiting, their marketing, some of the back-end office components. And if that sounds like something that you might be interested in where you maybe want to take some chips off the table, maybe take some money off the table, but continue to call the shots, continue to keep control of your practice. Feel free to reach out. No pressure either way. Confidential conversation, everything between you and I. And we'll catch you next time here on the Dave Kittle Show. Thank you. Hey, it's Dave Kittle. Are you a healthcare business owner or physical therapy practice owner who is looking to figure out your succession plan or exit strategy? We might be able to help. And in fact, we may be interested in acquiring your practice. If you're interested, you can reach out to me. Shoot me an email at daveatconciergepainrelief.com That's D-A-V-E at C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E painrelief.com or You can call me at any time, 646-781-8884.